0: time for your mind one time for the grind man number 45 goddammit, and you already know i do the sports thing so number 45 obviously space jam michael jordan that time frame you know he's still the greatest of all time on the court i won't say off the court on the court still a goat but yeah number 45 the number michael jordan had for that brief amount of time when he went to play baseball came back then returned to his senses and went back to 23 so for those of you who don't know Number 23, he wore that because he felt like he was half as good as his older brother Larry, who wore number 45. So after he won his three rings, he felt like he was good enough when he came back to wear number 45, but it just wasn't working out, so he went back to 23. Bonus points if you know the other jersey number he wore while he was with Chicago Bulls. It's 45, 23, which is his main iconic number, and then there was another jersey he wore during his tenure with the Bulls. I'm not talking about Dream Team jersey. I'm talking about Chicago Bulls jersey. So, bonus for you if you know that. Now, also, you may or may not notice that I took the number off of the, uh, the beginning of the podcast or well, the title. And that's because the way Apple is set up, they don't really want you to do that. They're just like, it's not really necessary. Just put that in the data that gets submitted. When your podcast goes out, the number may mess up where you come up in um, the iTunes directory or something. So, I just took it off. And also, did the little name change with the actual podcast. I'm not gonna speak on it because if you got it, you'll see it next time you go listen to it, especially if you're on iTunes. And and that's the way and that's the reason why I'm doing it the way I am because I have an iPhone and I know that when you go to search for podcasts, certain keywords pop up. Now, I like my audience to be broad for the most part, but there is a certain demographic I wanna kinda of pull more into or pull in a little bit more just so they can hear what I'm saying. But I'm not going to speak to what it is. You'll just see it when you, when you listen to it. But as you're listening to this, you'll probably see it. Because it, hopefully everybody's subscribing and it's downloading automatically. Appreciate y'all who are doing that. But I just wanted to address it real quick so that I didn't not address it. Wait. I just wanted to address it real quick so that it's not like I just glazed over it. I actually said something about it. And I just felt the need to let people who have been loyal listeners know. So that's what that was about. I'm trying to pull in more traffic. Ain't shit really going to change. If I change it, I'm going to change the whole thing, the logo and all that. But for now, I'm just running a quick experiment. Now, let me jump on into this news real quick. Trump is trying to replace the North American Free Trade Agreement with a deal with Mexico. That's what the man said. We will see what happens with that. Could it be more smoke and mirrors? I doubt it because he's real big on trade and trying to make sure that, as far as what he says, is keep jobs in the states that's what he says. But other people complaining that they're actually losing their jobs because of the decision he's making. I don't know. And all I know is I saw something. It was probably somewhere liberal where they say since the he became president, CEOs have made more and regular employees have made less. That's kind of the way shit was going anyway. CEOs weigh 300 times more what their average employee makes anyway. And I think we're the only nation in the world that does that. Crazy, but it is what it is. Um, also, this week, John McCain's funeral, they held his funeral. His daughter kind of went off. She shot some bars at Trump. It'd it just be like that, man. When you put the target on your face, people want to throw tomatoes at it, man. That's, that's all I can say. Obviously, her father and him weren't good, so she sent him some, hey, America was already great jabs before, you know, you did this whole, you basically hijacked the whole Reagan campaign, make America great again, whatever. She decided to send him some bars in the speech she did at her father's funeral. And, hey, man, that's her daddy. And if a daddy don't like you, she probably don't like your ass either. That's just the way it's going to go. But that definitely happened. Um, what else happened? In, let's say in, in international news, I'm, a, I'm trying to put my fingers on the globe, get international with it. i have been a few places and seen a few things, so why not? But in international news, they say Scotland may be willing to leave the United Kingdom over the Brexit. So apparently the majority of the Scottish wanted to stay a part of the European Union. And now about 47% of them say that they would vote to leave the UK upon the UK leaving the European Union. Now, I know this isn't the thing I normally talk about, but for me, you know, I did my ancestry and shit and apparently I got 14% of whatever you want to call the area Great Britain in my bloodline, right? So I started paying attention to things more and I was on a Google search looking for something and somehow it led me to Ireland. Then I got to think about how, why Ireland is split up. And anyway, I got into this whole thing about the UK because I was confused. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm smart enough to know that I'm not very smart. I'll say that. So I got to looking into how the UK was set up. And I was confused because I thought that Great Britain just meant England. <laughs> I remember seeing English flags during the World Cup. And I was like, "Wait, that's the English flag. I thought that was maybe like just the, f- the flag for like the capital city in England. I didn't know that that was just England, and that Great Britain was, this, was something different. So apparently the way it's set up is there's, I want to say four or five, four, I call, Isle Man, I'll, I'll, I'll call the Isle of Man. I call the Isle of Man a country. So there's like five countries under the crown which creates the kingdom of Great Britain. So that's England, Northern Ireland, Wales scotland and the isle of man and that's where i was messed up at i thought ireland was a part of the uk but that is not the case ireland got its independence and northern ireland stayed with the united kingdom aka great britain which most people just refer to as england in the u.s because we we know we don't know anything about the world I'm, i'm gonna be honest with you that's why i say travel in the U.S., we don't know nothing about the world, and we happy that way because we got Miami, L.A., and New York City, and, God damn it, we don't feel the need to go anywhere. Tad better sarcasm there. But, no, really, I just for anybody else who didn't know, just FYI, I guess, free, you got free game right here. The U.K. is broke up into, like, four different countries. So, Wales, Scotland, England, Northern Ireland, and then you have the Isle of Man, and I believe the Island of Guernsey, they're all in that part of that collective. But the country of Ireland is not. So there was a civil war, all that shit. They broke up. One half stayed, one half went. Anyway, in any event, that's what it is. And Scotland is con- would consider, I guess the the citizens of Scotland, the Scottish, would consider splitting from the crown because of the, um, the Brexit. Boom. There's that. Now, moving on to other things. Aaron... Rodgers quarterback from my most hated professional football team and Rodgers ain't going nowhere. He's going to be there for a while. Is he the best quarterback in the league? Tom Brady would probably tell you different. I don't know. It's, that's a toss up depending on the day. Like I'm not going to say I wouldn't want to see them go ahead to head in the Super Bowl because I hate the Packers. <laughs> but it would be a good duel to watch. I don't think I've seen them play against each other that much. It would be a great duel to watch two quarterbacks at that level go at it. It would be dope. I'd rather see Mitch Trubisky play against uh, not Peyton Manning, play against Tom Brady and whoop his ass and let the Bears get that Super Bowl. I'd rather see Blake Bortles beat the Packers in the Super Bowl and see the Jazz get that Super Bowl. But who knows when that's going to happen. But Aaron Rodgers got over $100 million on this deal, man. I'm not going to say he didn't earn it. I'm just gonna say he fucking earned it. I mean, the market was there for him to get paid that amount of money. He's a quarterback that makes amazing quarterback plays in a tough conference. And hey man, they had the money so they paid that man. They gave that dude a hundred million beans. I think he can make up to like a hundred, a total like a hundred sixty, seventy-six, hundred eighty million. The weird thing is he's like, he just came off a season with an injury. So they must have something cooking. This makes me nervous as a Bears fan. This makes me feel like they have a lot of pieces there and they're going to have a good year for them to get this man $100 million, to lock him up basically until he's 40, fresh off the year where he had an injury. And it's not like he's a rookie. He's only going to get older. He's been in the league for a while, been pretty much Iron Man up until last season. But, uh, yeah, that says a lot to me. I feel like the, they got something cooking. I, Minnesota's going to be on the downturn. They uh their running game ain't the same. New quarterback, I don't think it's gonna be like it was. I just don't see it working out that way. But yeah, um in f- other football-related news, my Bears made a huge trade for Khalil Mack. So the Raiders and Khalil Mack didn't come to an agreement. So the Bears were like, fuck it, we'll trade you some first-round picks for Cuz. Let them come on over here because fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. You get 100 mil, we going to bring this guy in here and give him 100-something mil to come put you on your ass. Now, the Bears already got a pretty beefy defensive line. Got good linebacker core, and we got good secondary. It looks like we're coming back around to the days of uh, defense first in Chicago, which I really, really love because I feel like in that conference, your defense has to be a beast and or a monster of the midway like the Chicago Bears. So it makes me happy to see that Khalil Mack will be there, hopefully, Roquan Smith to get his ass in there and uh, and get this shit together so we can we can do this thing we love called destroying people on defense while playing the game of football. And I really hope that happens, man. I want to see my Bears do good and do way better than last year. I like what Mitch is doing. I like our running backs. Our wide receiver game is shaking. We did get Allen Robinson, though. I want to see Kevin White do good, Tariq Cohen, um, Howard, the running back. I just want to see us thrive. That's it, because I like how we look on Madden, man. And I want to be able to talk some shit this year, especially you punk-ass Packer fans out there. I love y'all. But dealing with the, not dealing with, seeing the fallout of the uh, Aaron Rodgers deal that happened, like, instantly on ESPN. They were tracking it the whole day. Jeff Saturday, he was former uh, center for the Indianapolis Colts, and he was talking about how they build a team. Basically broke it down, the philosophy of, like, the coaches and the GMs, right? About how these guys will come in, and they may be, like, hey, I feel like I'm a top-tier wide receiver, I'm a top-tier cornerback, I'm a top-tier whatever the position is. I'm like, I want to get paid market value for my skill set. And what he was told by uh, the GMO at the time over there in uh, Indianapolis, like, listen, I know you want top-five center pay. I can't pay you that amount, but I can promise you you'll have a better career by you taking less. And to most people, that's like what you mean, you, can't, you know what I'm worth, but you can't pay me. You got to think of it as a, on a tier system, like certain positions are going to get premiums. If you want to keep the best personnel at the most critical positions, other positions ain't going to get that same money. Just like the the left guard for uh, Green Bay is not going to get the same money as Aaron Rodgers is doing. Now, I know he's doing this thing, trying to make hosts for the run game, helping out protect Aaron Rodgers. But he's not gonna be the guy back there throwing that ball, calling those plays, reading those defense when the heat is on. He's gonna be doing his leads on the old his reads on the O line, trying to make his holes, maintain his blocks and all that shit. And making sure people don't blow through the gap. He's not gonna be the one executing at the skill position. So he's not gonna get that same check that Aaron Rodgers is gonna get. And that's why you hear the commentators all the time say, Hey, Q B gotta take care of the alignment. Like apparently a few years back, Tom Brady went and brought all his, he got all his uh, linemen Rolexes, as he should, as he should. If they're keeping him off his ass and letting him be great and be the star of the show and win these championships and get all these fucking endorsement deals, the least you could do is take them out and get them some Rolexes. You got off cheap, brother. But that's kind of, um, that's kind of what you do. And it made sense when he, when he broke it down, because I always side with the player because I always want the players to get their money because I feel like especially in the sport of football, you risk your life every time you got on that football field, from the time you were a jit, a little bitty boy, to the time that you made it to the pros, every time you step on that practice field, and people get hurt in the weight room, during the actual game, anytime you step on a football field where there's people that are at your same level and maybe even above your level of athleticism trying to hit you, you're risking your life. People get paralyzed, die, lifelong injuries, all that shit. So I I almost always side with the players, like, "Hey man, go get your money." But what Jeff Saturday said made a whole lot of sense. If you want to have a good career, depending on your position, you may have to take less money. Case in point, you don't often hear about people on the New England Patriots getting these record-breaking deals. Like the only person to hear about that was like Tom Brady, and I believe he recently took a pay cut. You're not going to hear about a lot of Patriots getting record-breaking deals, but. For the career-long Patriots or the guys who had a long tenure on that team, you see the type of success they have. They're constantly in the playoffs, constantly in the Super Bowl picture, constantly going to conference championships, constantly winning their division, constantly on TV. So these endorsements, whether they be local or national, are gonna come. But you have to you have to submit, you know, you have to submit to the will of the team. You have to submit to the scheme to make sure you fit. So that you stick around in an organization like that. Now, you may not be the type of person that fits a West Coast offense for, one of the, like, for like Andy Reid. But if Andy Reid is going to get you to the playoffs, you're going to find a way to shift your skill set so that you fit in that West Coast offense. That's just what it is. It's, it's like that in life. If you want to be a part of a team, you may have to make sacrifices. You may not be at the head of the team. You may have to contribute. It's the same way with basketball. You can't pay Tristan Thompson what you pay LeBron James. Because LeBron James is doing LeBron James shit, he's leading all the categories. So you can't pay somebody who's just getting offensive of rebounds and you know putting back buckets very effectively, might I add. You cannot pay him the same thing you pay LeBron James. One, it doesn't make any sense. You'll break the bank, and you won't be able to pay anybody else. But two, you gotta have tears. So I thought that was just something really wise that uh, Jeff Saturday said. And it just, it's good to inform people. Fans of the sport so that we know a little bit more. Any chance you get any opportunity, I think it's okay to go out there and learn a little something. Now, something else I want to talk about, just because of things I was seeing in the media, especially with the shooting and shit that happened in uh, Jacksonville, my hometown, and just violent things happening everywhere. Like there was another shooting back on front recently. And my thing is when people talk about violence, for me, the difference in violence is when it's low income, it's usually reactionary, right? It's usually because something happened. It's a I like to call it instant emotional violence, is what I'll call it. Instant emotional violence. That's that's the label I put on this for the sake of this. When uh things in bad neighborhoods happen, violent things, it's usually in relation to economics or something personal happened. For whatever reason two dudes out there, two females out there, whatever, they get into an argument and they start scrapping. Emotional. Sometimes people are around each other for a long time but just around each other or don't know each other and words get exchanged, things get heated and people start throwing hands, fighting and shit and it escalates. That's personal. Some things are socioeconomic. People don't have money, therefore they do things like rob other people or they sell certain illegal substances. And from that, you can breed violence. But it's not really, I don't think it's planned a lot of the time. Now, some of the times, it's planned. People want to go, like we say back home, hit a lick or whatever. They know that somebody has a bunch of dope. Hey, let's go over there kicking this door, taking his dope. So that's just reality. That's how shit goes sometimes. But a lot of the times when it's related to that word it's like, oh, man, somebody shorted me on some money. I got to go get this motherfucker so people don't think I'm soft. Or... Somebody trying to rob me or I'm robbing you or I'm trying to rob you. So I had to get, commit violence against you in order to get you to give me what I want. And usually when people are getting robbed, it's it's a crime of opportunity. Like, oh, shit, I see you got some bread. Let's follow him, see where he goes. Now, I'm not going to say that some of these things aren't planned, but in lower income situations, usually it's like a fight or something or whatever issue happened. So they see somebody and like, OK, there he is right now. Boom, boom, boom. He gets shot. OK you shot whoever emotional responses kick in and it's like okay whenever i see this motherfucker it's on site i'm coming to get you there's nothing that's going to stop me i'm coming to get you and that's why i say it's like instantly emotion like you you may go a week without seeing that person or whatever they may have jumped your cousin or uh hit your sister or something like that you may go weeks months years without seeing them but as soon as they they lay eyes on this individual it's on it don't matter where they at who's there its own now when you flip it to the side where the income's a little bit higher and there's more resources these things seem to be kind of planned out like a lot of like the mass shootings you go shoot up a school you got resources access you kind of know where to go with it. and so now t- you're not suspected of being the one to do this there tends to be more planning when it's low income usually there's a determined target like i know there's 50 people over there but i want to get him or them. I want to get these people. These mass shootings, they just picking people off. Like the shit at Virginia Tech, guy just in there shooting people. I think with the school down in Florida, guys out there shooting random. Boom boom boom. It was crazy. I'm condemning both sides of it. Let's be clear. I'm condemning both sides of it. But I'm just I'm I'm just thinking about it and looking at it the different just the way things shake out differently. And that's Something I just had to get off my chest, something I had to express real quick. It's something I, I noticed a little bit. But uh, moving on from that, you know, I want to keep the spirit up a little bit. It is the Labor Day weekend. Um, I'm going to tell y'all how I'm bother my wife inside Walmart. Now, I love my own lady. And um, when you marry, one of the things they don't tell you when you get married is that you basically got a person to tease for the rest of your life. That's just the way I look at it. I love her, so I feel like I should give her... All the attention she deserves, even when she doesn't want it. <laughs> so today we happened to go to Walmart, and I was like, you know what? Let, let me be bothersome today because I really didn't want to go, and I know she doesn't want to go either. But I said, let me find a way to entertain myself while I'm entertaining her. So we're in the store, and as soon as we get in there, she's like, hey, I want you to go over here and look for XYZ. I'm like, damn, I didn't know that was the plan. Now, sometimes we go in the grocery store, if I really wanted to get the fuck out of there, I get my little, hey, I take my oldest daughter, I take the youngest, we got the stroller, we like, hey, what do you want me to get? I'm going to run over there and go grab all this shit and bring it back. And she'll just send me on little runs like I'm like I'm a scout. Or like I'm going to get some type of recon. Like, yeah, this shit was over there, it cost X amount of dollars. And, or I just bring it straight to her, give her the price, we calculate this shit up. We just do what we do. But this time I wasn't expecting that because I felt like she had a list, whatever. So she tells me, go over there on the toy aisle, boom. So I end up over there on the toy aisle with my daughter. And uh, well, both my daughters actually. And we're looking at some stuff and I just get to looking for things. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna look for some green army man over here and that's what I'm gonna do. And I start imitating this comedian Rod Man that we both like, this dude is crazy, look him up. But I just like to do that to her every now and again. Just kind of make her laugh, whatever. So she called me back, like, hey, kind of like where you at? Like, I'm over here looking at these Transformers. She said, Transformers? I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at, you know, looking at the Transformers. I think uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy it, right? And I'm going to just, I'm going to play with them. And I'm going to put it on YouTube. I'm going to do tour reviews and be like, yeah, his neck don't work. He don't move the right way. He don't do, and I'm that's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight him. I'm going to get this Black Panther and this Transformer, and I'm just going to fight them together, and I'm going to do a review, and I'm going to put it on YouTube, and I'm going to go for real she was like, "Real I'm like, I'm gonna go viral. I'm gonna go." That's what I meant to say, but I just like teasing her like that because it's fine. So then we go, like, I, that's the first time I kind of pissed her off. She was like, "All right, get off my phone." So then we go over to uh, where she was at by the food. So I see her coming down the aisle, and she sees me see her. So she kind of waves like, "Hey, I'm right here. Come meet with me." So you know, if you're looking ever seen somebody like look out to the distance, how they kind of just put their eye over their eyebrows and she look like it's going to help you look further, but you just kind of look out over the distance. So I'm looking dead in her face, and I just do that to kind of like, is that you? I don't know if that's you or not. She looked at me like, bye boy. Walked off. Not five seconds later, I called her. I'm like, hey, was that you I saw? I thought that was you. It looked like you, um, but I didn't know if that was you or not. You had in that black shirt. I wasn't sure if that was you. She hangs up the phone again. So I'm like, all right, I got to find another way to get her. And, uh, she went she went over to the cold stuff. I went back, and she's like, hey, can you go get some straws? I'm like, yeah, I will go get the straws for you. And I get over there, and I'm looking. I, and, and I called, like, hey, I don't see the straws. I don't know where they at. And she was like, they're over there. I'm like, where over there? She's like, they're over there. I'm like, okay, I don't see them. And then I was like, yep, okay, my bad. I found them. And she was like, she got mad again. She was like, bye. I'm like, okay, what kind of bye? Is that like B-Y or I I can't tell by your tone. And then she hung up the phone again. But that was my day. That's how I passed the time in the store, aggravating my wife when well, I'm not in a bad mood myself. But that's that's what you got to do sometimes, man. Give them a little bit of love by pissing them off a little bit and letting them know that you want to see that they're entertained because that's what I do. And even though she was pissed off at the time, I'm pretty sure she's going to laugh about this shit later because that's just how we get out, man. That's just how we get out. That's a, a little happy family. And, uh, Talking about families, there's something I wanted to address real quick because I'm aware of certain situations that affect people around me in my circle, whatever, and I just want to say, if you're going to be a co-parent, like, don't be an asshole. Don't be a jackass. Please, please don't because at the end of the day, the person that's going to suffer the most is always the child. So if you're going to be a co-parent, be a good one. Shit, it's hard enough to raise a kid with both the same parents in the household. We both come from different households. And when you have a child, you gotta combine your ideals and make them drive to a way that you both feel that they're working and that is successful in order to create a productive human being. So I can only imagine how much harder it is when when a couple is split up and they're probably in different relationships or so one person may be lonely and the other person may be, be in a relationship or whatever and you're trying to make it work. You got three different lives you're trying to groom to. build that's if there's only one child involved so my message out there if you're going through something with a baby father or baby mama just do what you can to make it work swallow some pride and do what you can to make it work and if they're not giving you what you need to make it work get some goddamn documentation take legal action to make sure like if they're weaponizing the child keeping the child from you and not letting you know do what you got to do to be a part of your child's life because ultimately that's what it's about. You brought them into the world, you can't take them out. So you might as well try to make them the best person that they can be. So just do what you can to be a part of the child's life and to make the life of the other parent easy, and I promise you in turn, it will make your life easy because you guys will be on the same accord. Because if you don't, you get into petty shit, and I see it all the time, especially in situations where resources aren't high, people tend to be more petty because that tends to be the culture like I could do it on my own, or fuck it, man, she got it. I don't feel like dealing with her. Therefore, you don't see your child. Your child doesn't see you. And then it just creates a cycle of bullshit, and the child suffers. So do what you can to be around your kid within the law. If they ain't acting right, then that's when you get the law involved. Go to court. Get what you got to get that's necessary. And keep on pressing about your day, man, but make sure you do it in a way that you can't be seen as the one doing wrong. Because if anything goes wrong, at least you know you were on the side of the right. I hope that makes sense. I know it's easier said than done. And shit, I'm glad I'm not in that situation. And I don't plan on being. But for those of you that are, hey, man. And you're doing it right, big ups to you. If you're out there fucking up, fix yourself, man. Fix your damn self. Also, I did see something today while I was fucking around on Facebook. I did see an old video from... um it's not the View. It's the, the younger, the younger minority version of the View. It's called the um, the Real. Has one of the Lowry Twins on there. Tia to marijuana, but they're on a show, and they were talking about how I think it's Delaware. It was some state. I'm pretty sure it's Delaware. Yes, Delaware is a state that exists. But they have a. They're going to try out a child support card, like it's kind of like an EBT card where it only allows certain purchases. So whoever the parent is on child support can't go out. And by dumb shit that has nothing to do with the child. Those charges will be blocked from that card, And I think that shit is genius. It is genius. As a person in a marriage, with all the children being had while married, I don't know shit about dealing with child support other than what i just seen other people go through. But I know me, and as a man, I would not want my fucking funds going anywhere else but to the benefit of my child. That's it. I'm not saying I wouldn't help out if asked, but I'm not in a situation, so I, have to, I don't have to think like that. What I'm saying is that the way my brain works, child support is for the child. You need food for the child, you need clothes for the child, whatever, it should be captured in that car. Now, if you need some, if we're going to have on daycare, half on a party, something else, and we've already come to an agreement, that's something completely different. Child's there most of the time. I can understand those situations. But what I would not want is to have the mother of my children out there spending my money that's supposed to be going towards my child on getting their fucking nails done. Now, I don't think that my wife would do that, but that's why she's my wife and not my baby mother. I don't think that she would do that, but there's just things I've heard, things I've seen about people getting their Getting that child support check and then going to do other wild shit with it, other than taking care of the child, and then having the nerve to turn around and ask the father or the mother or whoever's paying the child support for more money, which is fucking bogus. So I think that would be great. I feel like it's a way to keep both parties honest. Like, yeah, let me, yeah, let me go ahead. Uh, I got an app. Let me go ahead and charge a card up. You go what I owe you, or it's gonna come directly out my check. Boom, you got a direct deposit. That way, even if the the communication and the relationship ain't the best. You got your money, it's right on the card. All you got to do is go get what you need, bam, bam, swipe, swipe, no questions asked. If you got some other needs outside of that and you want to holler at me, cool, we'll talk about that. But for the most part, it's right on the card. All you got to do is bang, bang, swipe, swipe. I think it's a great idea, and I would like to see it around the country. But that's just me. I ain't in that situation. I'm just saying. I did want to touch on some um, some music, music situation real quick. Um, Eminem had an album come out, Kamikaze, man. He dropped it kind of out of nowhere. Y'all gotta relax, man. It's it's cool. Eminem's gonna give you bars for days. Check, got it, I understand that. But it ain't as great as people making the sound, man. It's not a bad album. I just feel like it could have been the EP because what he's doing is basically responding to everybody. He feels like. Came out and said something about it. He mentioned Machine Gun Kelly. He mentioned Tyler the Creator. He mentioned Charlemagne the God. He mentioned Joe Budden. People were saying he mentioned Drake. I didn't hear it. Then again, I only listened to it one time, but I listened to it. As soon as it came out, giving him his due respect, it's Eminem. He's top five or 10, depending on where you put him. He's in my top five. I don't think you can really put him outside of that. But he's definitely not anywhere below one through 10. However, whatever order you want to put him in. Uh, he's definitely definitely not below ten. He's in the top ten. But this album it wasn't all that. Like it was some shit he was singing on. It sounded I'm not gonna say outdated, it just I don't know. Like the songs didn't sound like they were meant to be popular. I really feel like this is an album that's more for his like his hardcore fan base. I think that's what it was. I really, I really, really do. Because he was responding to people and if you don't pay attention to him on a regular basis like that, you wouldn't know what was going on. Like, I didn't know him and Tyler, the Creator, had a thing. I didn't know him and Machine Gun Kelly had a thing. I didn't know him and Charlamagne had a thing. I know Lord Jamar said some things not to diss him, but that's just how he feels about, how he feels about the culture. I know Joe Button may have been critical about his, uh, his album, but that's Joe Button's job now. Joe Button is a media personality now, and his job is to talk about albums when they come out. He doesn't have to like it because it's yours. He's telling the truth about how he feels. Just because he was on your record label and y'all have somebody in a comedy that y'all rock with, it doesn't mean he has to be like, I like the album. He says that about just about everybody's album. He says that shit about his own album. It's like, ah, you wouldn't play this album X, Y, Z. So I didn't really see the need for that. But it's all good. It's only going to up his profile in the way his podcast is fantastic and it's doing great. So he's not going to hurt him at all with that comment. It's Just going to be more traffic to the Joe Button podcast. But yeah, I felt like overall it was cool. I liked um Not Alike was probably my favorite song. It was definitely my favorite song on the album. It's him and Royce with five nine. That one was dope. The title track, the Ringle," was good. Um he had the song on there with with Jordan Lucas. It was cool. You know. Johnny Lucas is doing what Jordan Lucas does. Not a bad song, just listen. Rapping fast and rhyming doesn't make this doesn't automatically mean the song's gonna be good. There's a lot of people that rap fast and rhyme, but they don't do it like Eminem does, it, which is great. That's great, but it doesn't mean I want to hear that every single song. Rapping fast and rhyming is cool, but it doesn't mean that the song is going to be great automatically. Kendrick does it, but Kendrick adds different things to it. He'll slow it down, change his voice, he'll do melody. Melody, it's all type of different things he does with his music. His beat selection is way better. So I'm just looking at it like, it's not automatic. It's because it's Eminem. The album's not going to be great. Jay-Z had album came out. I didn't really... It was cool, but it was like, I ain't really like it. It was Kingdom Come. It was cool. I forced it. There's a couple songs on there, but it wasn't really what I want from Jay-Z. And that's my favorite rapper of all time. And if I could say that about one of his albums, I can damn sure say that about Eminem. I don't really fuck with him like that. Like, I don't care about your your mom being crazy and you wanting to beat up your wife and shit like that. Whatever, like, I I don't know. I feel like people gassing the album up. If he'd have broke that shit down to like three or four songs, he would have had a really dope EP you had a really dope E P and I think that's where you should have left for that. If you gonna reply and throw all these rebuttals out there to people, in my G, that's cool. I don't necessarily need a whole album like that. The last album that was kinda of like that was still Maddox and it was dope because there was other shit on the album. Even um Shit Scorpion was kinda of like that. He's but it's mainly for one person. But I think the last true album where somebody was replying to a bunch of different people was still Matic. And um this Eminem. I'm not the biggest M fan, so it didn't really hit the mark for me, but it was cool. Am I going to listen to it again? I don't, maybe a couple of songs. We'll see. Also, uh, in more music news, Kanye West came out with another apology. He was back in Chicago on the radio. And he basically apologized again for his comments on slavery and shit. And it's like I said, man, Kanye wanted all the smoke, he wanted all the responsibility. That's why when he went left and said the crazy shit he said, I didn't, like, condemn him, like, oh, fuck Kanye West. I know he's a man whose mind works a different type of way. And he's trying to get his point across, and it can come out fucked up. And while I still think it was not the best thing to say, I'm not going to condemn him for that one action, and for him to make America great again, just because I kind of, I kind of see the spot he's in. I'm not pretending like I know his world, but I can, like I said previously, I can see how him and certain people could be friends, same type of mindset, same type of, same circle, same, you know, not same tax bracket, but way distant tax brackets from anybody I know personally. So I can see how they could be in situ- situations where they could intermingle and shit and maybe have conversations conversation that regular people don't have. So, I mean, I get it. Do I think it was smart? Absolutely fucking not. Do I think he should have his hand slapped for that? Of course he should. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at it like this. If you're a person that's going to own up to your mistakes, I got to respect it. If you're a person that says, hey, I'm willing to take responsibility for the shit I said, I have to respect that. Unlike the person who he kind of stood next to, he don't take responsibility for shit he says. But Kanye, like, I want all the smoke. Bring it to me. I want full responsibility. I'll take it. To do that and then have the, the nuts to go out and be like, hey, man, I fucked up, I'm sorry. It's something I got to respect. I can't just let it go and be like, oh, fuck him, nah. Because what's the point of me saying that if I'm still going to listen to his music? It just doesn't add up to me. Like, I'm not going to say, fuck you, you shit, you ain't shit, but then I'm going to still listen to your music or I'm still listening to music about us killing whoever or selling drugs and all that shit. With, with some of these rap records, I, I, I'm a fan of it. I, I'll admit, I'm, I'm brainwashed. I've been listening to it for 20 plus years, but what's said on these records is way worse than anything that he said. I'm just smart enough to realize I'm dumb enough to have been brainwashed by the music I've been listening to for the majority of my life. I'm just numb to it. It doesn't affect me like that. I know it's professional wrestling. It's not real. They just, they talk and they show these records that don't really mean it, which goes into my next little quick topic is we have to, we have to protect our culture. We have to respect our culture. Because if we don't, other people will not. If we do not hold the artist accountable as consumers, they will continue to do disrespectful shit. And some of us will acknowledge it and some of us won't because me personally, I see it as I see hip-hop as black and Latino culture. Right? Asian culture too. I see it as I see it as a a majority, a vast majority minority culture that people from other cultures like to enjoy. Cool. While understanding that in the beginning of the business of hip-hop, and even like some of the music, there were white people involved like Rick Rubin and shit with Def Jam and the Beastie Boys were big as far as that crossover aspect. I get it. I understand they were there and they are a part of it. I'm not asking him to leave. I'm not saying Vanilla Ice is not a part of hip-hop because he is. I'm just saying it's a majority black and Hispanic culture. And I feel like we have to protect it by not putting people who don't respect it on a pedestal. And by that, I mean some artists. Like, like I say things about future. I won't say he disrespects the art form by what he does. Some of the content I don't like. But he puts in the work to make hit albums. I don't like shit he says in his records, but I won't put him as a person who disrespects it as a coach. I won't say that about him. There's somebody like Black youngster who I will say that about, because you, just the way you present yourself as a, you don't look like a man, you don't act like. I mean, you act like a seventeen-year-old boy got some money in his pockets, and I know that's what some of these kids actually are. A few years removed, a few years removed from being seventeen, I get that. But for me, when I see a grown man. Obviously being antagonistic saying shit like J. Cole was fucking garbage. Black youngster the shit. It bothers me because that tells me that you're going to ride with somebody who's in the culture that doesn't respect it and shit on somebody that's a part of the culture that does respect it. Now you got black youngster being the dude from the hood who may or may not have sold a bunch of drugs who has been running around with guns and throwing money on the ground acting like an asshole. Versus somebody like J. Cole, who went to school, got a degree, and decided to still, that he still wanted to fuck with his dream and be a rapper and has only done things to elevate the culture. Made a whole album about kids being addicted to drugs and telling people to meditate instead of Medicaid. But what you want to do is discredit all that and promote black youngster. And my thing is, like, bro, this is culture you're talking about. The image of black youngster, you got to look at it like this. Young Young people in general are listening to other young people. When it comes to rap music. So to people who don't know black people. And they see black youngster on the, on the internet constantly. In the videos constantly. That's what black people are. We get money. We wear skin tight pants with our ass out. And a dirty ass tight tank tops and throw money on the ground. And call people whores and shit. That's what they think we are. Versus the everyday. what The, the kind of everyday person. That J. Cole at least portrays. Like I'm not going to go out my way to wear obvious design of clothes, I'm just gonna kinda do me and be over here and do my own thing. But I'm gonna talk about uplifting us instead of doing the same shit that's keeping us where we at. And that's my problem with it, because I think J. Cole is somebody of the culture versus black youngster who's somebody who cashing in on the culture. Because in five years he ain't gonna be able to be going tour. J. is gonna be able to go on tour 20 years from now. Unless something crazy happens. And that's why I get so upset about this shit because you're promoting your own negative stereotypical image and then downplaying the positive image because you don't like that this rapper uses big words or you, quote, unquote, I like that ignorant shit. It says a lot about you and how you feel about the culture that you are kind of a part of. I don't know. That's just my soapbox moment for the day. Yeah, that's it, man. I'm shutting it down, but not before I I do my thing, man. Um, What's his name? Bishop, a Pastor, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, Charles H. Ellis. Go get my motherfucking belt, you perverted piece of trash. Now, this man was at, rest in peace, Aretha Franklin. This man at Aretha Franklin's funeral decided he wanted to get a little grope of side boob on young Ariana Grande after she was up there singing natural woman or before or whatever, I didn't see that. What I did see was him obviously groping her. And shout out to the cameraman or whoever it was that caught that because you exposed this guy. I, he's a creep. There's no way around that. There's no way you can't tell me that wasn't on purpose. And I don't give a shit if you hug everybody. Keep your hands off people. You have no business hugging that young woman. There's no reason for you to put your arm around and hold her that tight. If you don't, if you're in front of that many people on a regular basis as a, as a bishop or a pastor, and you don't understand body language, she was uncomfortable. Like, my G, I just saw it on camera. I wasn't in the fucking room when I could tell she was uncomfortable. And for you to put out that weak-ass apology like I hug everybody, man, you need your motherfucking ass whooped. Talking about her name or something on, on the fucking Taco Bell menu. What the what the hell type shit is that? You offended every Hispanic person in the country, people who go through some of the same bullshit we go through, and you decide to offend them like, oh, at a funeral, it's been we've been there for a long time, and you want to lighten the mood, a joke? No, the fuck, it's a funeral, no time for fucking jokes. You up there groping people's daughters and shit like it's cool, and that's why I have my issues, like I do with people in these positions inside these faves. Like I, I can't do it, man. I cannot do it. I cannot. Be around that type of shit because I feel like people in those positions prey on people, because they know they feel like they got you and you can't say nothing about it because oh I represent this, and the minute you say anything contrary to the Black Church or whatever, people want to faith shame you like oh you don't believe in this this that and the third whatever fuck nigga fuck you I do what I want to do that does not that does not take away from the fact that a lot of these motherfuckers are creeps. What what his name is again? Charles H Ellis. Go get my motherfucking belt because you need your ass whooped for that shit and that punk-ass apology, man. God damn. All right, that's it for real. Oh, yeah, another bit of irritating news, man. Um, There's a young boy, Jamel Miles. He's nine years old. This little boy came out as gay. Now, I don't know. Now, I'm I will say you can tell, especially with little boys, sometimes they have feminine tendencies at a young age. But I still think Nine is a little old, a little not old. Excuse me, a little young to be coming out the, coming out the closet. And this little boy apparently came out of the closet, and was teased, and ended up committing suicide. That's how we living right now. Ain't that about a bitch? My apologies were ended on that bad, on those two bad notes. But I felt like it had to be said. I want to inform and entertain. So there you go. Hopefully you listen to this and enjoy your Labor Day. My boy Weeks has a song out called Ball Today. Kanye West has a new song out called Ecstasy. If you want to listen through all Eminem's albums, by all means, go ahead. It's called Kamikaze. The best song on there, hands down, is not a like. That's with him and Royce the Nine. And I was going to say Royce got him on the song. Nope, Eminem got him on this song. But, yeah, Bishop Charles Ellis. You need your ass whooped for that shit and that weak ass apology. You Need to apologize again. If if Kanye West can go on an apology tour for saying some opinionated shit like that, you need to be on one for like the next year for how you offended Latino people and how you groped this young lady and then acted like you did not. I will whoop my I will whoop your ass myself if I had the chance. Now, for all y'all, you know, make your best day your next your next day your best day. I messed that up because I was angry. Go out and learn something tomorrow you didn't learn today, man, and just continue to improve. Let me know how I can improve, man. No Playing This Ride on gmail.com. No Play 247 on Twitter. That's capital N, lowercase o, capital P L A Y. No Play 247 on Twitter. No Playing This Ride on Facebook. There's a No Playing This Ride YouTube page. I'm trying to get something other than just a static image up there, but I'm working on it. So I'm trying to drop this off to you guys every Monday. You should have this every Monday morning. But yeah, that's it, man. Y'all be good out there, man. Go listen to them albums. Mick Jenkins is about to come up with some shit, too. You want to look out for Mick Jenkins. I see y'all, or y'all will hear me at some point in the future. He's...